Let's try this. If this works, that'd be sick. Also, welcome <laughs> into Kano. Hell yeah, dude! So first off, thank you for choosing to be on this. I know we're not crazy big, but I rather enjoy making it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot for asking. And typically, I've pretty much gone with people around the same genre that I kind of grew with on Twitch. But you are the first very different speedrunner. So what would you say your genre is and what is your name? You know, people that don't know you. Yeah, I'm a parochial Joe. And I guess my genre is uh, high, higher speed FPS games. Things like uh, things like Blood. Blood's not necessarily super high speed, but uh, the way you speed run it, it kind of is. I would say it definitely uh, is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, gotten to Quake for a little bit. And geez, all the different stuff I speed run. Wrath is going to be coming as soon as that's fully released that gets really fast i i bet i i'm actually i'm very i don't know if jealous is the right word but i've looked into running some of those higher speed fps's and it, it's almost daunting just because it seems yeah. so very input precise <laughs> but it looks so cool yeah there's there's a little bit of a learning curve for learning the movement but fortunately once you get the movement down for one of them a lot of the faster games are kind of built on the same engine or like mm -hmm. built from the same engine so a lot of the movement mechanics tend to be very similar between them there's which, some nuances which we'll definitely get into for sure but first want to get to know you a little bit so if you're comfortable answering of course and anything you're not i can just edit out so where are you from i'm from south carolina and how long have you lived there uh Probably like 12 years now. Dang, okay. So still from like a childhood, I take it then? Yeah, I don't think you're that pretty old. Pretty much since, uh, yeah, since I was about a teenager. And what's your living situation like right now? Do you, you live by yourself? You got family members? Uh, unfortunately, I still live with my parents right now. Hey, I feel that. I'm there right now too. Yep. Just kind of is what it is yeah yeah <laughs> gotta gotta wait for the art career to take off so. mm -hmm. which looks fascinating by the way and a definitely oh, deep dive that what uh are you working right now or going to school or anything like that i mostly you know i'm working doing uh art and i guess technically going to school i guess i do uh art mentorships with uh, now, what is that? Giancola. Just because I'm uh, I'm about as creative as a brick, so I'm not sure I understand the whole dynamic of a mentorship. What is what is that like? Uh, it's essentially the way that this is set up. It's like an online school where we meet once a week for three hours, and he'll do uh, lectures about certain things. But uh, mostly, he will look at what we're working on, and he'll do. Uh, some critiques, like uh, deep dive into it. He'll do paint overs for it. It's a whole bunch of suggestions and uh, analyzing what exactly you're doing wrong. So that's pretty it can cool. Be, yeah, it it can be a little intimidating at first, but once you start seeing the results from it, it's so nice. It's so much more hands on than actual school. 
Now, I just noticed on your website, you've gone through a few teachers over several years. How mm -hmm. has it developed, I guess? Are, are they more proficient the higher up you've been going? Or is it just differences in artistic style? It's it's kind of a, a mix. I've done the, the three main ones was uh, uh, Todd Lockwood, who if you're into Magic the Gathering, you probably know his artwork, or Dungeons and Dragons, you really know his artwork. Um, Dan Lavisi and Donato Giancola. Uh, Donato is kind of the longest running one that I've been with. And it's not necessarily a skill difference for them. Like, they're all pretty well established in the illustration industry. But it's kind of a specialization, like, which one's kind of fit me a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So, like, in, initially, I really liked working with, um, uh with dan because he was much more much more like portrait and uh detail oriented is that but who you then, have now or is it no i'm right now i'm with donato, donato okay donato is he's kind of well known for doing really really big scenes with tons of figures and huge landscapes and things like that and i found just from working, that's kind of what I really like to do. So I like to learn from him since he specializes with that so much. That's awesome. I uh, I definitely, I looked over their website a bit and I'm always enamored because I think it's since I can't do it, I'm like, oh, wow, oh my God, this is amazing. Look at all this stuff. No wonder. Is it, <laughs> yeah, is it pretty much all online? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Do you like that or is it uh kind of a, a hindrance to you i uh, know i actually i like it online really it just just makes it a little bit more accessible especially especially now since you know you can't really do too much offline yeah true all the lockdowns made it to where everything you know like nothing changed there was a running joke i guess it was a joke with uh gamers as well but with artists too of <laughs> when uh when your everyday life is suddenly called a lockdown. <laughs> you were almost made for this year. Right? <laughs> Being an artist and a speed runner. <laughs> now, out of curiosity, because I definitely see the potential, what is it that you hope to develop with your art skill? Uh, I don't know. I re really like doing... It's kind of weird like you nor you would normally think that taking a creative aspect of something and making it into a business would be that's kind of like bastardizing <laughs> one sometimes of them. but uh I actually really enjoy making like having my artwork used for products and stuff and especially with self-published books like I really do enjoy making book covers Oh, that's uh, sick. For, for smaller books, is that you're sort of bringing things out of people's head and making mm -hmm. it more visual. So I really, you know, I like doing my own artwork, but doing something like making book covers or board game boxes, things like that, I that's what I really enjoy doing. So that's what I'm working towards getting into the sci-fi and fantasy illustration industry. I'm intrigued to see like the uh the diverse movie posters in the background and everything. Do you have anything that 
I guess, is your motivator or an artist that in particular, like, oh, I love what they do, and you kind of draw styles from them? Others, uh, really, I would say that the three main influences that I've had have been uh, Adrian Smith, who does, he's one of like the, the big Warhammer 40,000 artists. Oh, yeah, definitely seen some would. crazy stuff from that. Yeah, he he's amazing. And uh Tim Bradstreet, if any if you know him, you probably know him from his uh Punisher covers. He was he was incredible with that with his uh with his lighting. And then uh Donato Giancola just <laughs> learned so much from him that you can't not take away a lot. So things like that. Now I'm hoping, let me know if this sounds okay to you. I, I like to do something kind of different to start things off. So mm. for you, I thought of a game of taking very famous game art and cropping it and seeing, are you able to identify the work from the work? Okay. Okay. So the first one should be a freebie, but that's the <laughs> idea just to, to introduce you. All right. I got to put my professional integrity on the line here <laughs> mm -hmm. they're all they're all famous so theoretically you can get it okay let me make sure i've still got you all set up well and can you see it oh well oh from <laughs> mario yeah so okay easy enough and you know there's the full thing okay some of them get a little tricky but i think i think you can get them okay how about Oh well shit, I blew that one. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know it, it's fine. <laughs> What's this wild. game? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, this is a little trickier. Oh the isn't that Bioshock with like that bunny mask? Mm-hmm. And there's a drill in the background. We got a big daddy there. Nice. So far you're killing it. Congrats. Okay. Oh, that's Call of Duty. Yep, this that's is what, every God shooter for. made after 2010. Nice. <laughs> every shoot. <laughs> I would have taken Battlefield Call of Duty. It don't matter. Right. That's Halo. Oh, man. It, it doesn't even take you any time. <laughs> Skyrim. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. Doom. Ooh. All right. And now a favorite of mine. Said Super Smash Brothers. I don't know Nintendo games very well. No, not a Nintendo guy at all. No, I really after the uh, after the N sixty four, I just kind of fell off of Nintendo. All right, well, I'll give you the half point. It is melee. Okay, and now one that I figure you'll know. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's blood. Now, for anybody unaware, I did not know it before I really saw it from you. What is blood? Oh, blood is, I mean, you know, you've heard the term boomer shooter. Mm, and, uh, I have not. I, I think I like that, though. Is that talking about, like, you, Quake, you all the older? Yeah, that's talking about the old school style uh, FPS games. Oh, no, so, I didn't yeah. know that. That's sick. Yeah, blood is... Blood is a boomer shooter, and it's notorious for being absurdly hard. It's uh, it, there's always kind of this debate on whether Shadow Warrior or Blood is harder. 
Personally, really? I think blood is way harder. But it is uh it's very unique. And uh it was it was made by I think yeah, it was Monolith's first ever game. Monolith who later go on to make uh Fear and Condemned and uh, No One Lives Forever. Oh, so is Blood an older game? Yeah, it's 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 pretty old. I, I don't know why. I thought it was somewhat newer, but under the style of the older games. That's because it had a like most people didn't know about it before until uh the modern re-release on Steam, Blood oh, Fresh Supply. That's what okay. I run. Yeah, it's got uh we it's actually got a separate category. That's a separate game entry actually on speedrun.com between DOS Blood and Blood Fresh Supply. I'd imagine do they run differently? Very differently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, DOS Blood has all sorts of uh clips and you know weird tricks <laughs> deal with letting you go so fast that you clip through walls and doors and stuff. Oh nice. Love that. Yeah, and Fresh Supply is a modern uh port of it. So they fixed a lot of that, but it's <laughs> you can still break the hell out of it in its own way, but it's more technical, I think. I've seen, I mean, it looks awesome. Just you get some stuff like the uh explosive damage abusing to go up floors and stuff mm -hmm. like that. It just it makes it for a jumps. very interesting run. Right. I'm amazed yeah, you don't die, actually, because those games are also notably hard. So causing that much yeah. self damage. Yeah, you run scary. it on uh you run it on the easiest difficulty. I've I am <laughs> I the only person who has done an extra crispy, that's the super mic ultra hard mode. I've done mm -hmm. a speedrun of that, and that's I'm pretty much the only person who's done it for fresh supply. And for the DOS version, only one other person has done it there too. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it's fun for the first like ten attempts. Afterwards, it's pretty awful. Now, I find it it's super impressive. You hold almost every record for that game, and at one point even held every record, right? Right. How uh how is the community community around that? Like, are people challenging you? Or are you scared of any up and comers? Uh, I am pretty much always scared of when Hanno decides to run the game again. Uh, the record for the well, for one through four and one through six, that, those are the episodes. Uh, that record has been bouncing around just back and forth between us nonstop for probably a year. Damn. Hanno <laughs> so, is incredibly good. So, yeah, I'm always worried. About when, <laughs> I know that when he starts running the game again, I'm going to lose the record again. <laughs> so, well, so it's like I get to preemptively start practicing. I guess that begs the question, how optimized do you think your run is right now? Like, are you leaving a lot of room for error or? One through four, I think, is getting really optimized now. It, uh, The last run that I got for it, it was rather than shaving off, you know, big chunks, a big chunk in blood now is probably like maybe five or six seconds. Wow, that <laughs> yeah, is, that's really not much, really... especially with how yeah. fast that game can go. Yeah, it's gotten really optimized. The <laughs> that that last world record grind was kind of misery <laughs> because of that. Now, uh, I 
I forgot to ask it earlier, but in general, you have a very interesting just whole vibe to your channel and everything. What is the origin of your screen name? Oh, uh, <laughs> screen name Parochial Joe. Uh, so, so I was just driving in the car with my mom one night and she mentioned the word parochial. I had never heard it before and it just sounded I, Yeah, really I don't think weird. I've ever heard of it before. I saw your name. I thought it was it like something really in Spanish. Weird. I was like, oh, Pero. That's my boy, Pero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, wait a minute. It sounded so weird. So for some reason, I just attached the word Joe onto the end of that. And I was like, you know, I like that better than my name now. I'll I'll use that online once I get home. So that's... Yeah, <laughs> that was the end of my edge lord screen names. <laughs> just kind of stuck. Of just something dumb. And what is the armadillo on your monitor that I also see as like your Discord picture? Oh, that that is uh, Atlas. He's kind of our stream mascot. He's he's just a uh, random armadillo character I came up with, and ev everyone really likes him. So I dig him. He's a little bit of a cutie. <laughs> what's on his back oh in here mm -hmm. this is uh something my sister got me for christmas and it is let's see if you <laughs> your see emotional that. support animal <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> she found someone who was making emotional support stuffed animals and she was oh looking my through God. Like, atlas oh, is amazing nice and then she found one that was an armadillo so <laughs> will they let you bring them on a plane uh probably not Oh, <laughs> now since how long have you been running Blood now? Probably about a year. Do you still run it, or since you've got the record, do you feel comfortable just kind of leaving it? I'm I'm kind of leaving it for now because, like like you said, I've got pretty much every record there is to get in it. I've got um. I don't have episode two. I have tied the record before in my Ooh. last world record grind. So I, but I didn't want to, I don't want to take that because I don't want to push Hanno completely out of the, out of the number one spots all mm -hmm. across the board. Cause my last grind, I took episode one through four, then took one through six from him. God damn. <laughs> yeah i was i was expecting one through six to be a big grind but i actually got it on my second attempt i'm always impressed like especially when you go throughout multiple episodes like that the consistency now obviously mm -hmm. pushing an individual level is also just wicked impressive but through an entire run to go that fast that consistent is impressive to say the least yeah a whole lot of uh a lot of muscle memory goes into that one mm -hmm. i think i've got something like three thousand attempts in one through four alone which i guess that's not too much can if you look at cer certain runners yeah i i guess i i i would still give you your brownie points for sure i couldn't do it <laughs> thank you i've noticed and I, I find it interesting that you've run quite a bit of games but you don't really submit them like uh dishonored yeah. and uh stalker was the one i found super interesting because <laughs> i like that game a lot casually but i don't know how running it would be yeah, running it, yeah. I, I ran Stalker, uh, Call of Pripyat was actually my first speedrun game ever. Really? And uh, back then, there wasn't really 
I think that was before speedrun.com even existed. So there wasn't really an easy way to find mm-hmm. speedrun communities. And with that game, I was kind of just going in blind and just, you know, doing it for fun and doing it on my own. Yeah. It's, uh, I've since watched a speedrun of it. It is, it's kind of strange. <laughs> it's, there's not a whole i i don't want to say there's not a whole lot to it but not much happens on screen i guess <laughs> yeah that that makes sense considering the the open kind of bland dreary world that it mm. it presents which is the allure of it casually for sure yeah um but i guess getting back to the original thing uh, the original topic of not speedrunning a lot not submitting it i've <laughs> i kind of feel like it wouldn't have been an issue before, but now that I actually have records for for blood, I feel like I can't submit bad times. Oh. So it's it's kind of I guess a personal thing of I don't <laughs> I I kind of hold myself to a higher standard now. So why do you think that is bad? But I don't know. Uh, I guess because I'm kind of used to being good at speedrunning <laughs> a game so i don't want to i don't want to look bad at speedrunning one mm-hmm. but also i don't want to make the i don't want to make like blood look bad by having you know the person with the world records being you know kind of someone that's not just a full gamer I, I guess yeah. i can ex- i understand it i don't have a word in anything so you know I, i'm out here we're, we're shitter gang <laughs> I I I kind of miss being able to be bad at a speed <laughs> run. It's uh it's definitely an odd thing that it completely makes sense to me and because I also run, I think I can understand it. But I think anyone looking from the outside in would be like, "Wait, that didn't make sense just cuz you're good at, you know, Call of Duty doesn't mean you have to be amazing at Titanfall or something like that." Right. Yeah, that that is true and uh, I get. I guess, but the mind, has, man, it's tricky. Yeah, and I guess some of it has to do with uh, another one of the the big blood runners. He's he he's kind of left Fresh Supply alone, but he he pretty much owns DOS Blood, and uh, that's Muty Muty seventy one. He has he's got the world record for Half Life, Opposing Force, really Blue Shift. He's got, I can't remember if, I, th- I can't remember if he's in or approaching top 10 in Quake. So that's pretty sick. Yeah. If he touches a speed run game, he's amazing at it. So I, I feel like if there's a little bit of a, a rivalry, even though it's, it's not really, if, yeah, if it's you're only that friendly rivalry. Yeah. From his perspective, I'm probably so far away. It's not even a rivalry, but He's got the blood, the DOS blood records. I've got the fresh supply records. So I feel like I have to, uh, I have to also be good at the games that I speed run just because he is. <laughs> Whatever made you want to run these games in the first place? I, I just really, really liked blood when I uh, started playing it casually. The and DOS so version or the fresh supply? Fresh supply. Okay. I've, I've only ever actually played Fresh Supply. Um but yeah, the 
I really liked it when I played through it casually. And then I think for some reason, I just wondered one day, I was like, huh, I wonder what a speed run for this game is like. So I checked it out and I thought I saw the dynamite jumping and all the SR 40 ing I was like, wow, this is actually really fast. This looks like this could be pretty cool. And uh, then what really got me into it, I think, was Muti had a really good tutorial for it, which never discount how how effective a good tutorial oh, can for be sure. for your speedrun game. And so it made it much more accessible. So I thought, well, this looks really impressive and this is everything's broken down. So it seems easy enough that I could try to get into it. And I started just running episode one and it was so much fun. Now, I, of course, it, it seems super fun, especially getting to, to move everything like that. Did it come naturally to you or were you slow hopping and kind of rough at first? Uh, I, I mean, I before I was speed running, I used to the, the main multiplayer games that I would play was originally like Counter-Strike Source. And I used oh, to okay. do so you're used to source hopping. movement. Yeah, I used to do the B-Hop maps in that all the time. And then uh, one of my favorite multiplayer games was Quake 3. So I was at least a little familiar with faster-paced gameplay from that. So it was a little bit more natural for me to get into Blood. So with this kind of skill that you have, what are you looking to potentially run in the future? Well, there's definitely Wrath. Wrath is, uh, man, Wrath feels like it was made for speedrunning. It's it's not out yet, which is why I can't submit it to speedrun.com, mm-hmm. even though there's several early access games already on that board. But, oh, yeah, I've, uh, I've definitely been rejected because wait till it's out of early access. I'm like, eh. <laughs> whatever. Yep. I've, I've got a friend who run, speedruns Hrot, who's in that boat. But yeah, so Wrath, I'm 100% going to be doing that. And I was looking into speedrunning Titanfall 2. I might try learning ILs for that. Mostly okay. because I I want to I want to see if I I want to see how I like it. I started looking into it and that game we were talking about optimization earlier. Mm-hmm. The speedrun tutorial for that game isn't it's not like, okay, so B hop from point A to point B. It is on the first jump of your first B hop, you have to land here. Second jump yeah, in the hit this jagged edge of the here. rock. And yeah. <laughs> so, do I really want to deal with having to map out all of my B hop jumps? Bless his heart. Brian Otto, the, uh, the top runner for that, he is insane, dude. He's made like the most detailed guides ever. And I watched mm-hmm. like 20 minutes. And I'm like, yep, I'm probably not going to be able to run this at a high level. I got about halfway through the game for actual speed strats. And I'm like, I do this way slower, but it still feels sick. So to be yeah. at that even higher level, oh my god. Yeah, that's, that, that is one of the things. It, <laughs> Titanfall 2's movement feels, even for me, it feels weird because... That's always one of the rules for all of B hopping is you never crouch. 
Oh, but really? <laughs> in Titanfall 2, you are always crouched. Yeah, you're getting that like slide momentum, which is yeah. interesting. Did you play yeah, Apex and... at all, like in its early stages? Uh, not, in its, not in its early stages. I've played it a bit recently, but I hear that they've dumbed the movement down in that a bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it's still pretty cool, but oh, back when it was like the vanilla season one, whatever. It uh, it still had like all that Titanfall movement where you could do the <laughs> the crouch sliding and strafing sideways, so you just kept your momentum and gained that speed awesome. even. And I Man. yeah, it made people you know like your shrouds and stuff just shit on everybody. Yeah, so, why didn't they keep that? I think they oh, should. But so cool. I love a good a, a high skill ceiling. Mm-hmm. I think it just makes things way more fun to play because like the perspective that you can always improve is just yeah. sick. Yeah, that. Oh man, now I'm now I'm disappointed even more in you, Apex. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to I mean, they want to make money off of it, and if you're getting shit yeah. on, then you won't play. And <laughs> yeah, so instead they just didn't fix hacking for the longest time, which made <laughs> me stop playing. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the hacking's interesting in Apex. Ugh, I don't know if it's better now. I haven't played in several seasons, so <laughs> I don't know. I remember a couple of days ago, I got hit with every single tick on a beam rifle charge so in the head. Oh, <laughs> <know>. God. <laughs> now, kind of interesting to me, because I know you said you don't really know Nintendo stuff. Mm. But I think, so how we met was my brief stint into SM64 16-star. Yep. How the heck? Do you do you watch sixteen star runs or just SM sixty four runs at all? I like to. It's it's kind of hard for me to find runners for that. At least runners that are a bit more a bit easier to follow in it. Mm-hmm. Is either they're gonna be you know like six hundred viewer channels and it, it's a little hard to figure things out there. Also a little more impersonal. Or they're yeah. they're like Japanese. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Actually, or, I think it was just a Japanese runner beat the 120 world record yesterday, which has been oh, sitting for yesterday. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah, anytime a record gets broken in Super Mario, that's a pretty big deal. Something I find interesting about like the the Mario runners and their community is definitely big for it. it it's probably the biggest speedrun community there is, speed game there is. Mm-hmm. But people that run SM64 only run SM64 because yeah. it just it has so much to it I think that you can't really afford to diversify your time. Yeah, there's there's a whole lot of tech for it for sure from what I've seen. I've never I haven't looked into it too much. I've considered it, but I never Did really Did you ever play it like as a kid or anything? A little bit. I was always more of a uh, Ocarina of Time. Oh, kid, okay. So. See, I wouldn't have expected that. <laughs> yeah, so it was. It, it seems really interesting, but I can I can imagine once you get really good at Mario sixty four, there's certain things about running that that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So if you really like running that, then I, you might just be stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit, if you've good growth and the community seems really cool for that then why bother but yeah true oh i don't know it doesn't seem worth the time investment to me because like that's the ceiling's really high but it's also 
in 64 games are rough speedruns for me anyway. Yeah, it seems like they're kind of rough to get into as well, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't, I know a lot of the big ones don't let you run on emulators or they have an emulator specific one. I think. Yeah, they make it so you have to run on the downgraded emulator so that way it doesn't have an advantage over console. Yeah. (laughs) They just, they have not aged well either. Yeah. A lot of people like them, but I just, I can't do it. The N64 controls. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a little rough not being able to control your camera. Now, do you like to watch, I guess, other speed games that you would never consider running yourself? Oh, yeah, definitely. I really like watching uh, Resident Evil 4, and I would I would never, ever, ever run that game. <laughs> <laughs> the inventory management, and it mm-hmm. just seems awful. In general, uh, the Resident Evil games are kind of wild to me. Yeah. Then uh, there's also... I, the N64 games, like I really like watching Ocarina of Time and Super Mario and things like that. It's, I guess, I don't really tend to watch the games that I run now that I think of it. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I do watch, uh, watch my friend. Oh, once was Animal, I believe is the full name. I just call him Animal. <laughs> I watch him speed run uh, Dusk and Hrot, though, so he's probably the only person that I watch other than Muty sometimes running Quake. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, and to me it's almost painful, tried to watch someone casually play the game that you speedrun? Yeah. <laughs> that, you're right about it being kind of painful. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, did, I really didn't think it would, but every now and then I've tried. I'm just like, you know what, let me see what's going on in the community. Try and hype someone up. Like, show that this game is sick. And like, why, what, no, what are you, what are, what are you doing? Why? Like, I'm bad. Yeah. How are you that bad? <laughs> <laughs> you, it's, it's at least kind of a little bit better for me with, uh, with blood because since there's a huge disparity in the difficulty between really easy and the harder difficulties. Mm-hmm. So I can at least watch somebody playing through on very hard getting wrecked and go okay well yeah they can't just run through here and they can't dynamite jump up to this and skip this whole segment that's relatable then then i learned how to speed run extra crispy so you know that's out the window (laughs) (laughs) how much longer i guess out of curiosity when you actually have to worry about the game killing you like extra Uh, crispy versus super easy mode what kind of time length difference are you looking at so you can still get nuked on super easy. It's, but that's bad luck mm-hmm. for for extra crispy. That mode is so hard. I have. I remember I lost a hundred and ten health in less than one second for sticking my head around a corner. No way! <laughs> oh my god! It it is it is absurdly rough. Yeah. At that point, yeah, it really is just bad luck. I'm like, that's all right, my fault. I'm sorry I moved. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, not necessarily a lot of it, but a, a decent chunk of dealing with enemies on Extra Crispy is uh, bouncing dynamite off of a wall or off of a ceiling to hit them around oh a Oh, my corner. God. <laughs> so you really got to learn the game, learn the game. You can't just play through that. 
yeah, it's it's not something you could pick up very easily. That's nuts, dude. <laughs> now, I want to ask you a little bit about like your YouTube content because it seems like you've been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. How what what did you get started with on that? How long ago was it? Originally started doing Let's Plays, and that was I think senior year of high school. Because I just got a uh, <laughs> just got a gaming laptop, and uh, so I was finally able to actually record things at decent quality. Mm-hmm. And I just really liked doing Let's Plays, and I kept up with that probably for five years. And at a certain point, it got to where it was. Originally, I was just you know doing live commentary and everything like that. So yeah. it was easy just to pump things out. But then later started recording it and then doing voiceover over it. So then, uh, you know, I started doing editing as well. So it started to take, you know, something like three <laughs> or four hours for a 20 minute video. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it just got to be too much work, which interesting enough, I believe the last the last uh let's play i ever did was a mind of freeman style let's play using speedrun strats for dishonored okay that i that sounds interesting for sure yeah, <laughs> yeah it I mean, it it went gold on uh something awful so i guess it wasn't too <laughs> horrible so when did you make that transition to streaming on twitch mm, i was I was streaming every now and then when I was still doing uh, Let's Plays, just not super often. And then once I stopped doing Let's Plays, I just kind of missed like producing content, I guess. Oh, okay. So Twitch was, you know, Let's Playing was kind of killed by live streaming. Is if that's what it, it seems would... like, just like yeah, the result of its time. Yeah, so I just went over to that because that's what I mean that's what a lot of let's players at that time were doing as well so that was kind of a natural switch but as far as doing it regularly that was I don't know I, I I would stream regularly for about six months and then quit for six months and then start back up again and mm-hmm. do that and it wasn't until I think two years ago actually i think some people are getting up to 36 month sub badges now oh holy (laughs) shit really it's been a while i guess it's been maybe like three and a half years since i started doing it regularly your your youtube didn't seem tiny by any means i saw videos with like really good viewership on it sometimes you sometimes you kind of get lucky the uh i would normally average maybe 300 views on a video that i would put out Mm -hmm. and i think it's i think it's kind of less so now but i mean i get i get a lot of traffic still on one video in particular and it's a compilation of all the endings in stalker shadow chernobyl (laughs) yeah because that That, game is kind of wild that makes sense that video i don't know how but it has been let me let me just look it up. 
Stalker all endings. Yep, five hundred and eight thousand views. Damn. <laughs> and that crazy how the algorithm just works sometimes. Else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you um? No did you notice any like good crossover between YouTube content and Twitch content? Like, did people follow you onto watching you live stream because they watched you on YouTube? Actually, some. Yeah, I I actually still get people coming in every now and then of oh i used to watch you all the time on youtube i didn't know that you streamed that's and gonna be kind of sick actually yeah it's it's really nice a lot of i think a lot of my viewers actually are directly from my either my youtube or from something awful which i guess that's pretty much from my youtube as well mm-hmm. so yeah the i i guess the youtube channel it has probably done more for my Twitch than it has for YouTube. Going forward, do you still, I guess, want to pursue making produce content, or are you kind of happy where you're at now? Yeah, it's. Uh, I do game reviews every now and then. I stopped for a while because I got super busy with art, and it's a lot of work. But I'm actually working on another one right now. Uh, I most recently have done like postal three which was uh which was an interesting game to go through for sure and then after that blood two went to that game that, <laughs> that game very is, disdainfully it, it is painful it <laughs> i i've beaten every game that i have done a game review for except blood two oh, shit and is it bad for, or just difficult it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I did for reference. I played through Postal Three twice, and that is a game that is so bad that yeah, the game it's... developers have completely written it out of their game history. Are you serious? If you go to their website and you go to their games, they'll have Postal. They'll have Postal Two. Postal 4 and <laughs> the Postal movie made by Uwe Boll. <laughs> Maybe if we pretend it didn't happen, everybody will forget about it. Yeah, it, they even reference that in uh, their... So Postal 4 is in early access right now. Mm-hmm. And on their page, they have, they have a specific section talking about how much they hate Postal 3 and how much oh, it shit. And in Postal 2, they even did an update a couple of years ago where there's a secret area where you can find a a, uh, a dude in his bedroom with, like, postal posters all over. He's wearing a postal t-shirt, and he has his computer screen, has Postal 3 on it, and he's hung himself. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So I could get through that game twice. I couldn't get through more than three hours of Blood Two. Oh my god, that it's got to be terrible. Sir, then I need it, no- it's notorious for how bad it is. I I'm kind of curious. I'm I'm definitely gonna look it up later. <laughs> and Postal <laughs> yeah, Three now. Yeah, the both of those are. Oh, they're weird ones. Have you? ever thought about diversifying your channel like especially since you're an artist but doing like live art streams or hot tub streams whatever <laughs> i do do uh art streams every now and then it's kind of it's a little bit more rare uh usually i like to do them when i'm in kind of a crunch and need to get mm-hmm. extra work done uh some things for art at least for like me don't translate too well for streaming 
like um uh, some people want to i know some people want to see me do a painting from start to finish yeah but i tend to not like to show the very beginning stages because of uh with with realism art you need to take a whole mm-hmm. lot of photo reference and so i'll i will take like i'll pose myself for photos with like lighting exactly how i need it and then uh you trace over that in, at the start to get all of the lighting information and all the anatomy and stuff correct and save yourself a lot of time so you don't have to freehand it but there's this big stigma against tracing so i te- i tend to not like to yeah. show that and it's one of those things where uh you kind of you learn about it as like cheating when mm-hmm. when you're an amateur artist but as you get into the professional world you start to re- you start to learn everybody traces but they trace like their own reference yeah so the reason why tracing just the quick and dirty of it is the reason why tracing's bad is because you're used to seeing amateurs trace other people's artwork which is straight plagiarism yeah, that's the difference. Is mm-hmm. it's art theft versus saving time. Um, I could see that. So I don't. I don't like to show that aspect of it, but also because it's not just. It's boring to watch. You know, watching someone trace over. I the mean, shadows of a photo. I don't know if I necessarily will say it's boring because I. I don't know. I. I'm rather enamored by some art streams. I can't explain right. why, but I enjoy it. Right, and. You know, I guess, I guess it is. There, there's different levels of interest. I guess I tend to think it's boring because I guess it's a boring part for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also later on when you start painting things out and rendering it out and making it go from the sketch to actual finished painting, some of those spots you can spend a long time on a tiny little area. I kind of pick up the vibe. Uh, and also it's fairly common between speedrunners and artists, and you happen to be both. Would you say you're a perfectionist? <laughs> uh, I or like yeah, to think I, I I I try to I try to be a perfectionist, I guess. It's it's one of those things I didn't used to be with art and because I I felt like looser was you know, looser is supposed to be better. But then uh, it, sometimes it's a little too easy to confuse looseness for laziness. Oh, so, that's such I a always, fine line to cross. Yeah, I always try to. So I always try to push it as much as I can, which means there's some times where I'm just sitting there toggling a layer that's like 20 percent opacity on and off. Oh, like my God. Just to see. <laughs> yeah. Do you uh? Did you start off with like traditional painting or anything like that? Or have you always just kind of found that digital art was up your alley? Uh, really, I started off, I never really painted traditionally. I never liked it. I was always, mm-hmm. uh, when I was getting started, I always really liked uh, comic book art. Like that was where uh, Tim Bradstreet really came in. So I always did a whole lot of pencil drawings and I did a lot of, uh pen and ink so i guess and then it started getting into charcoal so i never did much painting and then professionally i've never done traditional artwork professionally so 
I switched over into digital when I decided to start doing this as a career. It more seems like the way of the, the future anyway, just since mm-hmm. it has so many conveniences to it and it's a lot easier barrier to entry, it seems like. Yeah, there's, there is a downside to it with digital work. There's always this trade-off of like digital work. Jeez, stop calling me people. <laughs> <laughs> digital artwork, you can make it really fast compared to traditional work. So mm-hmm. like with traditional work, there's drying times for paints. And you think that's a downside lot. that you can make it faster? Uh, no, but it is a trade-off because you trade off the speed. So you have to work, you can work more and you can work faster. Mm-hmm. But with, tra- with traditional artwork, you're able to make a nice little bonus on top of the work you've created. So, You'll uh, like say you get hired by Magic the Gathering to do a card. Mm-hmm. And so you you would like paint the card out and then you would scan it and send it to them and they would use it. But you still have the physical painting. And so oh. later when that card winds up being, you know, like something that every professional has to use in their deck and it's a really a well-established card and everybody knows it, then suddenly some people will pay a whole lot of money for the original painting of the card art. Yeah. That's something I wouldn't even think of. Yeah. Interesting um, business side to it. Yeah. I know. And some people, uh, Donato does this. They get really good at doing, at, uh, the business aspect of that. And so what they will do is they'll have the original drawing and then scan that and then paint on top of the scan so they have the original drawing and the original oh, painting, oh, oh. and they've got the scanned one for the job. I can only imagine how loaded the guy that made the uh, like the Black Lotus artwork <laughs> is. Yeah, some of those some of those cards, the original paintings, sell for a ton. Out of curiosity, how much are we talking? Like tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands? <laughs> I, I know it depends on. You know, it depends on the card and the buyer. Uh, but I know some some of them do sell into the tens of thousands. Dang. I mean, <laughs> Banksy stuff and whatever. Art, art is so subjective and it's so fascinating to me, especially as a poor person. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> I can't imagine paying it, but cool that someone will. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's always the the thing about art. Everybody loves it, and everybody usually everybody wants it in some way, but the the prices mm-hmm. <laughs> I would not be able to afford myself it's kind of there's that saying for lawyers that a lawyer would never be able to hire himself, yeah it's, no way <laughs> yeah, same thing as an, as artists do you like to go to like traditional art museums and appreciate that sort of stuff? I I don't really go to museums, but it is I have been to a couple. There was one when I was at uh when I was at college and I was taking a drawing class, one of the things that we had to do was go to an art museum and you would have to bring like your sketchbook and you would have to draw from the painting in real life. And that that is really, really interesting seeing the actual 
paintings, but the things that I really liked the most was the sculpture, actually. Really? Yeah, I both mean, for... they're big, it's nice. I think I'd feel yeah. the same. Both for the 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 artistic aspect and the, the historical aspect too, because the museum had uh had uh, ancient Roman busts there, so that was that that was so cool seeing you know busts that were made during the Roman Empire. I they're they're here in the states. Yeah, yeah, they had uh oh. they had three of them. They were not exactly pristine condition. I'm sure Most traveling and aging. For sure. Yeah. None of them had noses. <laughs> All right. I kind of like to jump back and forth. So let's go back to your speedrunning history just a little bit. What uh, what would you say your least favorite game you've run is? Because you have done quite a bit. <laughs> That's an easy one. That is the easiest one. Dishonored 2. Dishonored 2 Really? Sucks. What? <laughs> Dishonored 2. Mm. It's Why is it both... so bad? Because like the first game I've thought about running as well, it it looks pretty sick. I never looked into the second because I yeah. still haven't beat it casually. Actually, <laughs> little little warning about the first one: it's fun to run, but in a it's a thirty minute speed run with literally twenty minutes of cutscenes. Oh oh no! <laughs> Ew! Just ruined it for you. <laughs> yep, that alone. Uh, I don't like. Ugh. Yeah, uh, Dishonored Two is awful because there is if they could completely remove one spot from the game then i would love it so i guess i i extra hate it because it's ruined potential for me really what uh what is so bad about it it's got it's got this segment so i'm sure i'm sure some of the games you speed run to have uh have rng a, like a bit, RNG. yeah. I I tend so, to try and find games that don't have high RNG, but sometimes yeah. it's inevitable. So you you can appreciate how terrible it would be to lose a run purely because of RNG. Oh yeah, my so, favorite, my favorite thing of all yeah. time. So imagine you're you are speed running this game. You have a top five time, and then you get to the second to last split in the run and then you have you have a 50 50 chance your run's dead are you serious <laughs> it's called the it's called getting duked there's a guy that you have to kill in there at the second to last split called the duke oh of and course it's the second to last be, split he can be in one of four spots if, <laughs> if he is in if he is in two Yo, of those Johnny spots, for the run's dead. Oh, if geez. he is, if he's in one of those spots, then you've got the god RNG, and you can just run in. You don't have to go out of your way at all. You just kill him and then run out. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is okay. You have to run a little bit out of your way, but it won't necessarily kill your run mm-hmm. unless you're, you know, talking for war, pretty much. Yeah, in fact, the second place run right now <laughs> would have been a world record if it weren't for the fact that oh. they got duked. And they got duked on the good, not the best RNG, but the good RNG. So mm-hmm. for them, it's a 75% chance that their run dies because of RNG. Jesus. So, yeah, so Dishonored 2, the worst game I've ever speed run, 
purely because there is at minimum a 50% chance that your run is dead already and you won't know until you're pretty much done with the run already. That sounds terrible. Yeah, it's I awful. guess mechanically is it at least fun? Yes, it's mechanically it's a lot of fun like with the blinking and it's got a uh, it's got some bee hopping and it's got uh launches so you're mm-hmm. able to do a glitch to uh climb if, like you start a climb and it will if you cancel it at the right time it just launches you oh sick actually yeah, i so love that it, kind of stuff yeah it's got really fun movement and i really like all of it except for the duke but the duke is so <laughs> bad it's like it i can't yeah. run it because <laughs> especially actually, if you like to go for top level running then yeah i i had a fifth place run uh i i was timed for fifth place and lost five runs in a row because of the duke and it pissed me off it pissed me off so bad i removed the game from my steam library oh my god not just uninstall you're like you know what i don't even fuck this get rid of it (laughs) yeah so that because i know i knew like i knew i know myself well enough that i would go you know, three or four months, be like, you know what? Maybe I should retry running Dishonored Two. I wanted to make sure that I don't had do that, that to extra, yourself. Yeah, I wanted to make sure I had that extra buffer, so that if I ever wanted to put myself through it again, I'd have to pay for it. How's your Dishonored run one run time compared to other people? Uh and I haven't, I haven't really developed it too much. There's, there's one clip. There, there's things called slip clips where you uh you clip out of bounds or clip through walls or doors by leaning and then like sweeping your uh your head through a wall and okay. you blink while your head is on the other side and, and it that's works? really cool yeah it's really cool for a lot of the time but there's one spot in particular so normally, if you have a high FPS, mm-hmm. then when you lean, your lean gets stuck, which is actually really nice because that way you're not having to sprint at a wall holding your lean key and trying to sweep and blink through a wall. But there's one spot that for some reason your lean just does not get stuck. Okay. And it's probably, I think it's the hardest slip clip in the entire game. I know you know top runners would probably disagree with that but it is it's very specific and you're having to deal with the extra nuisance of having to hold down an extra button so you're having to hold down like shift w d and e (laughs) at the same time yeah yeah so that's that's a little rough but uh that that kind of kept me from running it too much and then I I always felt drained after I ran Dishonored just once or twice. And then I saw the spreadsheet. They actually have a spreadsheet that times how long each cutscene is. So they total oh. out the the amount of time that you spend in that run. Inactive versus active cutscene. time. Oh, no. Yeah. And once I realized that literally two-thirds of your run are just cutscenes, I just haven't really gone back to it. I'm finding myself like super irritated at games now. I'm like, it's 2021. If you don't have all your cutscenes skippable, then shame on you. Yeah. Like, especially, yeah. I, I don't know why, but the uh, new Spider Man game, Miles Morales, 
like I kind of want to get the plat on that. I enjoyed the game. And you have to play New Game Plus, and I'm learning that most of the cutscenes aren't skippable. I'm like, this is a whole cinematic game. I get that, but like I've already watched it. I've already played the game. Mm-hmm. I just want to do cool shit. Yeah, more games need to have stuff like time attack modes. Yeah, I, I agree. Just the gameplay, take out all the cutscenes, and you just go. Now, I don't know how relevant it is for you because it seems like a lot of your games are good at it, but it's something I've talked about in previous weeks. What do you think is a good relationship with devs and speedrunners? That <clears throat> so there, I can't remember which game it was that I saw for GDQ, but there was one where I think it was just it, it, they they mentioned it where the developers fixed a bug. It was really obscure, but speedrunners used it. And they mm-hmm. fixed it, and it like completely changed the speed run. And so, in a bad way, a I bug. take it. Yeah, and it's not a bug that you would run into just normally playing it. Mm-hmm. And so, when speedrunners told the developers about that, the developers actually went and added the bug back in. Did they really? Oh, that's yeah, that's kind of awesome. I think so. I think that sort of thing, <clears throat> you don't. I don't think it's necessarily a good idea to cater entirely to speedrunners because speedrunners kind of like stupid stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it should be easy to clip out of bounds. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> but, so I think sometimes uh, having, you know, making the game built around casual players and adding stability is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think that it's really kind of smart for developers to at least be aware of the speedrun routes and the tricks and see if that is you know if the things that they're breaking necessarily need to be fixed cuz there's there's one thing I'm a little worried about with uh Wrath where there have been some skips that they've they've fixed because in that game, the way that you go fast is you, you charge up a melee attack and you get this lunge and you uh, chain that into a bunny hop. So you get all this speed. And if you do that on a slope, it launches you like straight up or like really far. (laughs) So the developers found, I guess that it was too easy to do that. So a lot mm-hmm. of people were able to sequence break too easily. Oh, so, so like even in a casual game through people would experience it. Yeah. So there's that worry for me with that game that they might think it's, it's still too easy. Cause I do see some people posting on the forums of like, did you know that you could do this <laughs> with the, with the blade? Yes. <laughs> so, you know, I I'm a little worried that they'll patch too much mm-hmm. but at the same time yeah they've still got a lot of game left <laughs> but uh i i hope that the developers are at least aware of uh speed running and consider that it's being made by quake players so i would imagine that they'd be all right they'd with probably it. like the speed yeah yeah so i that that's one of those things that i think that if you're a game dev, you should at least try to cater somewhat towards speedrunning because at you know at the end of the day, people aren't really watching blood gameplay 
I'd say most of the time watched for blood on Twitch is going to be speed running for sure. And that's, I think that's a great way to add longevity to your game. Which you would think as a developer and probably the, the actual <clears throat> devs do like, Oh yeah, we, we love that. You know, it extends our work and people want to replay it. It adds dynamic aspect to a rather, I don't know, linear game, which is what I found. Like, I put way more hours into something that, like, I would only play for maybe five hours. Now it turns into 500 hours, you know? Yeah, definitely. But I think that pretty much hits it where I stand as well, that if it doesn't affect casual players, then don't mess with it. But in general, that patch culture is just interesting. So, like, old games they released, you got the disc, that was it. Sometimes there are re-releases of discs, which I also hate because then you have to find the special version if you want to run. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I don't know. I can understand why people would also want to fix their game, but not yeah. all the way. Yeah, and I also feel like that's, speaking of patches and speed running, I've, I've noticed a couple of the games I've tried to get into uh, need to be down-patched. Mm-hmm. And that sort of thing, I feel like it, it kind of need to meet in the middle somewhat for speedrunners and developers. Because I can understand if the new route would be awful, like your old route gets patched out. Yeah. And the new route's bad, then sure, like patch down. But I feel like a lot of the time, a lot of these games just don't want to have a new route. Which, I mean, I can see the pros and cons to both at very least it seems like you'd need a leaderboard split yeah to inherently say hey you have to down patch it is a little off yeah there's a thing with speed running for me that's always made it interesting uh for watching anyway has been you know this person could literally come play on my setup and do the same crazy stuff so i could Mm -hmm. do that you know if i learned it so they but when you have to start doing stuff like down patching, it's like, oh, you need to be on a special version to be able to do all this stuff and things like that. So since you run those more complicated FPS games, what kind of setup do you have? Are you picky on your keyboard and your mouse and like your desktop space? Um, or can you pretty much, you're like, yeah, I can go to a GDQ, use their shit. It don't matter. Hypothetically. Yeah, the, yeah pretty much. The The main thing for me would be as long as I can remember my key bindings. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I would probably, if I had to go somewhere, I would probably bring my mouse because like the mouse sensitivity is going to change mm-hmm. depending on what mouse you have and the polling rates. And then um, this, this mouse, the uh, Myonix Neos, I've been using this, not this particular mouse, but the model yeah for geez probably like eight eight or nine years i'm so, uh i'm the same way on pickiness i before i even ever played an mmo in my life i got the uh the number pad on the side <laughs> nice. and my old mouse actually died so i was so sad like the the cable just broke or something like it, it didn't work anymore like mm. oh my god can i get this because it, it was like a five-year-old mouse and i found out they had a newer version of essentially the same thing and I was so happy because, like, I need yeah. it. I've just grown so comfortable with it. Plus, it's just, yeah. oh, makes my it's perfect for my hand. 
I don't know. Yeah, that that's the big thing is with with mice. I guess it's not even necessarily performance because they all kind of perform roughly the same with little nuances, but how it fits your hand and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I've never I've never really seen another mouse that's had like this for your other like your two fingers. Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so it just it fits just right, and the weight's good, and all of that. Now, I think I'd be picky on my keyboard too. I've uh, I I'm not like the biggest snob, but I found what I like, and I'm like, okay, I stick with it. So I'm like, I need my my cherry red mechanicals, otherwise <laughs> it's just it's not gonna work. Mm-hmm. If <laughs> then fucking yeah. GameCube controllers. Oh my god, they're picky. I need special GameCube controller always. Yeah, I, there's something something like uh, depending on when the controller was made, there's differences to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember that was a big thing in uh, I think Super Smash Brothers Melee tournaments. Damn right. There's a glitch that you can. There's like something you can only do with a specific kind of controller. You need a Type Three stick box, baby. Those are the best. <laughs> you gotta look go. for that that CE and the dot on the back. Otherwise, I don't mess with it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Actually, so oh man, I I found exactly what I like too. I, sorry, I don't, I I don't know if you ever really even played, but like a PlayStation controller, you're just like, yep, it's a PlayStation controller. It's always the same. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get analog drift, whatever. You replace it. I I probably bought like 15 GameCube controllers in my life now. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, I need my R trigger removed. I need flattened buttons. I need <laughs> a Type 3 stick box. Otherwise, I just can't play. It's, it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I I guess I'm, I'm kind of that way, not with controllers, but with, uh, I guess, with like with game mechanics mm-hmm. where... I get I've spent I spent so much time playing Counter Strike competitively and all of that that if a serve <laughs> I'll have stuff like wait a minute I'm getting input lag and people are like, <laughs> what are you talking about and he's just I know what excuses. I'm talking about no like, Johns the, <laughs> like this this server oh tick rates that's terrible that's a terrible thing to know about and be able to feel oh out. I bet <clears throat> where especially modern gaming that doesn't care about it mm-hmm. where um in counter-strike tournaments you had to have a 100 tick server you could technically have a 64 tick server but you that was considered so unplayable to the point where even what? if it was your turn to host the server and you had a 64 tick server you could message the moderators and tell them you know, these guys have us trying to play on a 64 tick server. We've got a 100 tick server, and the moderators would go, "Okay, you're playing on the 100 tick." Damn. <laughs> so 64 so tick was considered unplayable, and for people who know CS:GO, you might see where the problem is. <laughs> where uh, CS:GO's official servers are, I think, 68 tick. Really? And. Uh, then I remember I was playing uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, and I was playing, I was like, this feels even worse than a Counter-Strike uh, 16-tick server. I think I remember and hearing they were at like 30, right? They were at 12. 12? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so like people were like, uh, I don't know, it, it feels all right. I'm like, oh, it feels like this, this tick Especially is for terrible. A, like a a twitch shooter like you can't have yeah. 
oh my god that just starts inconsistency yeah. and people hate it <laughs> yeah i was like so this feels like a 68 take server and then afterwards once the news finally broke what their take rate was like all right bam look at this 16 tick was being generous <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> so yeah i being able to feel the tick rate and like input lag and stuff in your mm. games i'm sure that like that you get that with controllers once you really start knowing the controller as well so just speaking of what's uh if you're not playing on keyboard and mouse what's like your favorite controller uh probably playstation the four five two uh i've got a playstation 4 controller right now i feel like two through four were all pretty much the same pretty much i i definitely think the four was much better than the threes and the twos even but same concept i suppose yeah i I just recently saw the PlayStation 5 controller and mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I joked with my friend, it looks like a Mad Cat's controller. It kind of does, doesn't it? I mean, it's yeah. it's sleek, but it's it's big. It's kind of bulky. It looks like the controller that you would get when you go to your friend's house. Yeah. I like <laughs> it for casual gaming, cause, so I, I recently got one. Mm -hmm. It's good for casual gaming, but anything you have to do that's like input intensive... Any sort mm -hmm. of technical, it's just too big. The buttons are kind of clunky and thick. Really? So I can't do it for running besides, like, I don't know. Spyro I can because it's not nearly as, like, quick APMs as it is specific APMs. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? Yeah. So that works, but... Mm -hmm. It's got the, the Duke controller syndrome. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's not quite the Duke, but that thing is... <laughs> oof. Have you ever seen it? There's a video, I can't remember who made it, but they got this like tiny guy to go do an interview with Shaquille O'Neal, the basketball player, who mm -hmm. is like seven foot tall, 250, 300 pounds or something. And they had him test out all the controllers pretty much ever made. And the, yeah. the like Nintendo Switch one, the Joy-Con was the size of his pinky. <laughs> and the Duke looked like a regular controller in his hands. There's, there's a He's series like, oh, of I, things. I like this one. <laughs> yeah, there's a series of things of uh, Shaq using everyday items and looking like a giant. It's like, <laughs> one of him drinking out of a water bottle and the water bottle looks like it's this big. Yeah. It's just tiny compared to him. <laughs> it, it's scary. He's a monster. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to do a marathon run? Would you be interested in ever going to a marathon like a GDQ? Uh... I, I would try ESA, I think, for blood. Uh, I don't think GDQ would allow me in because I'm permabanned from their chat. How did you do that? I said fuck. That's it? Yeah. They permabanned got... you for that? Yeah, and there's actually a really funny screenshot from one of my friends where he and another one of the guys from the stream, after I told that story, Everyone, no one believes that I got permabanned from GDQ yeah, like, for saying fuck. What, what like, kind of thing do you have to do? And that's that doesn't seem like they, enough. They both, they both, they have a screenshot of them both going fuck in, Ch in GDQ's chat, and they both get banned at the same time. Damn. <laughs> All right, now I know not to do it. I feel like I might have accidentally in the past. Oh my god. Yep. You're on borrowed time. 
please don't cancel me. I swear, I don't yeah. know him that well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, <laughs> I, have, I can still donate. I've donated uh, before when Muty was in there. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I think he was running Opposing Force. Or no, he was running Half Life, I think. And I was able to donate then. They'll take my money, but they just won't let me talk. Of course. You can <laughs> yeah. talk through your dollars. Yep. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely. I want to go once uh, everything opens up again. Yeah. Still and... fairly new to it all, like a, a year now. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, actually getting to meet people seems sick. Yeah, it would. It is fun to, I think it's fun meeting other speedrunners. It's it's one of those things where when you start watching speedrunners, you know, talking about speedrunning in general as a viewer, that's, that's you know, pretty easy. You can talk to just about anybody with that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like being a speedrunner with some kind of experience, you know, doesn't even have to be like top of the board experience, just some longer term experience like dedication experience winds up being kind of unique being able to talk to people. Yeah. You have uh similar pain, similar <laughs> and generally yeah. same interests. So already you're starting off mm-hmm. good there. Yeah. Being <laughs> similar pains. I, I felt that with the world record grind and just being angry all the damn time <laughs> for like two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> and then it's like, so I'm wondering, is it just me? And then going into somebody else's stream when they're on a grind and they're mm-hmm. furious. It's like, okay, good. <laughs> I think there is a very interesting dynamic with doing things all online too, because you're you're striving for damn near perfection and something mm-hmm. that's it's not easy for sure. Yeah. Uh do you ever feel like it it's almost bad to be streaming when you're not playing well? Yeah, it it kind of <clears throat> I guess it kind of depends if from a speedrunning perspective I feel like even when you are doing badly mm-hmm. you're still doing better than most people. So I've had Which is an interesting perspective for it. Yeah, I've had awful runs and I've been <laughs> I actually had one specific moment where I was I was just getting wrecked over and over and over and over again. I'm like, damn, this stream sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I haven't been able to get out of the second episode. And still, like, you'll have people coming in and be like, damn, this is crazy. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is amazing. It's like, okay, so it, other people don't kind of have the perspective on it that you do. Whereas as a speedrunner, just about everything looks terrible <laughs> to you. Yeah but it looks amazing to other people. Um, I'd say probably the worst thing for like the times where I'm like, I shouldn't be streaming this for speed running is when you have to practice a trick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Practice. I I've never really cared to stream too much either. Mm. I, I think it's very unique in that speed running, you get instantaneous feedback. So based on your splits, you know, mm-hmm. if you're doing well, it'll be green. If you're doing yeah. bad, it'll be red. But really, your bad is still, you know, 30 minutes ahead of the person that's behind you or where mm-hmm. you were even a month ago. But people come in, they see red, and they're like, oh, this is a bad run. That is true, too, yeah. And yeah, I-, <laughs> I just found that very unique. I'm like, huh, 
So the goal is, you know, just use fake splits. So it's like, oh, wow, he's really gaming today. <laughs> Everything's a gold split. Wow. Uh -huh. You just clear your gold splits before every stream. <laughs> I, I've i definitely, I started running against averages sometimes, like when I really start to feel a burnout that I'm not playing as well. I'm like, all right, well, we'll compare against bad splits. So that way I just feel a little bit better. And I think having a positive mental can sometimes help as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I <clears throat> Uh, I feel like that's probably one of the biggest uh, blockades when you're trying to achieve a certain time. Like you're trying to PB or trying to world record or, you know, trying to get like sub whatever is the, if you wind up getting into that mental funk, then it gets so much harder. Yeah. Which ugh, we've talked about this before, mm -hmm. but I hate that taking a break is actually good. Something yeah. internally wired in me thinks, Hard work should pay off, but mm -hmm. I mean, shit, just last week, I, I haven't played this category for like crash three, any percent in probably two or three months. I never committed to it hard anyway, but I had an okay time mm -hmm. and I was like, well, I PB'd my other games. Let me try this for shits and giggles. Did one run, a D-Rust run, and it PB'd by a minute. I'm like, son of a bitch. Oh, son of a bitch. Like, wow. And I only had like six minutes to save from world record to my pace. And I'm like, this oh, wow. doesn't make sense. How did I save a minute? Yeah. And I lost like 40 <laughs> seconds to one bad split. And I was like, oh, go figure. Yeah, it that could be rough sometimes, especially because, you know, when you are on a grind, you don't want to take a break. Because mm -mm. you're, right you're right there. You're right there. You're so close. Yeah. I was like, I just have to take... A... In, in my case, it took me like three days to literally take off one second. <laughs> Damn. I, well, that's I, a top tier push for sure. Oh, man. that My last world record grind in blood was misery. But <laughs> I had I actually had it. I had the world record pace by 11 seconds. And then oh. I choked at the very last point oh. that you can choke. Lost it all and then tied the record at the end oh <laughs> so i mean that's cool but you know that yeah, sucks so still then, yeah so then after that the entire battle wasn't like okay i gotta get i gotta take off 10 seconds it's mm -hmm. i literally have to finish a run <laughs> yeah ain't that something couldn't do it and that's one of those times where it's like if Sir, i took a break i need i know note. that i would come back and just nail this and it'd be no problem and i wouldn't be pissed off i'd be able to just breeze right through yep but no <laughs> i've been grinding for two weeks i want it now i uh I've, I've definitely found that i rather enjoy having sloppy early game so that way mm -hmm. it, it i don't know you see green splits you feel good and then you finish up strong but i've yep. had those splits where it's all time save at the end and mm -hmm. it's just hard to get back there because you're like, oh, yeah. I'm on a bad run. But really, it's because you're comparing against really good splits. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely had that happen. That's now that can be rough when you have really good time. But at the same time, I guess if you're matching that time, the really good time, and you're just, you know, mm -hmm. a second or two in the red, then you're still building up consistency, at least to be really good. Which is, mm-hmm. Good potentially, anyway. Yeah, you just have to keep that in mind and not keep in mind, oh, I'm behind. <laughs> so do you ever do offline runs or 
have you not stooped to that point yet? I my second to last world record that I had and went through four was actually offline. Oh really? And it it felt like I was a letdown because you know all the people in chat had been watching me mm-hmm. and it had been had had not been leaving in mass when I was like just about screaming at my computer. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I wound up going offline and then just decided to do like two more runs and then nailed it on the second one. Oh, that's sick. And yeah, offline runs can be nice because you can just you just focus. You don't have to worry nice. about being entertaining mm-hmm. and all of that. But I still feel like if I'm speed running, then I should be. Uh, doing it live if if only just to kind of help build up a little bit more of that authenticity mm-hmm. i know there's some games that require top runs to be live really yeah i think devil may cry one it actually has quite a high standard of uh evidence for its top runs i think if you're in like top five or something on pc then you have to have a keyboard overlay and oh, you have, I have to seen that, yeah. it online. Now I have never seen the online requirement. That's interesting. Mm. I don't know how I feel about that, honestly. Yeah, it, I kind of under, I, I understand it. And I guess to I prove you're not of, cheating, but yeah, still, eh. I, I kind of, like it just because i think of all the like how easy it could be to cheat yeah for sure and i know that's that's kind of a little bit of a controversy for some games <laughs> one one game in particular that i know of i don't want to you know blast the community or something of uh <clears throat> but there's one game that a friend of mine runs who the the world record for that game has been standing and been pretty much untouchable by even great runners for I think it's like two years. And so a lot of people think that it was a spliced run. Oh but there's not really you can't really prove mm-hmm. that it was spliced and he's also the person who submitted it is also a moderator. Oh yeah. So <laughs> who's gonna take him down himself? Yeah, <laughs> so I can see that that need for a little extra proof for mm-hmm. top tier runs. I, I like the input display one for like high level stuff. I think that's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Now, just about closing up here. Do you have any favorite streamers that you like to watch? Uh well, yeah. There's there's a uh, Muty seventy one. I watch him just about all the time when he's streaming. He does a whole bunch of uh, ye olde style speed runs. He uh, he used to speed run blood. He, he he'll go back to it if he ever loses his record in it. <laughs> <laughs> he also does. He used to do Half Life, but he's got. I think he set such a good record in that that he just about killed it. <laughs> uh, so he's been going between Resident Evil Four and Quake. So that's been fun to watch. Uh, other speedrunners. I like jumping into your stream when oh, I can. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also my friend. I want to make sure I get his name. Once was Animal. Oh, yeah, Animal, yeah. 
yeah, he speed runs uh, Hrod and Dusk. And <laughs> he's had a brief stint with the game Squirrel Stapler. <laughs> I, oh, what? <laughs> can't say yeah. I've ever heard of that. It was part of this, uh, you know, those challenge game packs where it's something like you have this team has a week to make a horror oh, game. Oh, yeah, yeah. I bought a couple it of those was, bundles in my life. Yeah, it was one of those kinds of games. So that was interesting. Now, what about <laughs> any shout outs to anybody in your community? Oh, geez. <laughs> Pretty much everyone. <laughs> Everybody. Uh, You're yeah, all the best. Yeah, it's, I got to specifically shout out, you know, my my mod Phantom Breaker, who is always in every single stream for pretty much the entire time. Always has greeted me too. Phantom, you're the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> my friend, uh, It's the Guy, who has been sticking around in pretty much all of my speedrun streams, also does some golden eye speedrunning. Oh, so really? He can share some of the pain a bit. <laughs> oh, geez. Six's Bunker, who really, really helped my channel take off when he started. Uh, he basically like, plugs my stream all the time. So nice. Get a lot of everybody uh, needs a hype people. man. Yep. And, you know, all, all the people who <clears throat> help keep me uh, sane while I'm speed running or just streaming in general. Uh, I wish I could name everybody by name, but it's there's so many people. You brought up a little bit earlier ago. You said you you did competitive CS. Do you still do any CS competitively? No, I I I got into CS:GO a little bit just playing with some of my friends. How high uh, level did you take it? For Counter Strike Source, I the highest I got was back up on a professional team for a season and then real life stuff kind of mm. made all of that fall through and also valve killed the game so that didn't help that helps yeah <laughs> the see the season after i went i was technically pro uh valve decided to update counter-strike source to the gold box engine which Ew. uh which made it to where 100 tick servers didn't work anymore and I uh, also killed off bee hopping. It ruined a whole bunch of stuff. I specifically remember how surreal it was logging into MIRC and looking at the channel that we would use to find uh, practice games, and it was silent. Literally nobody oh. was posting in it. That's interesting. They, yeah, Valve literally killed the game with one update. <laughs> so after that, I kind of <clears throat> stopped doing that. I still like the competitive aspect of games. Just getting into actual league play is very, very difficult now. It seems stressful, to say the least. Yeah, you kind of need you need to have people who all have schedules that work out to be mm -hmm. able to practice and make matches and people who even want to do it in the first place. And, um, man, it just gets to be a huge... A logistical problem mm -hmm. in that regard. Especially, I think, that's I probably... think as we get older, find yeah. people with free schedules like that is a little rough. Definitely, and I think that's probably why I went over to speed running because it's it's like having a competition that you can do yourself. Mm -hmm. I, that's why I like it as well. Mm -hmm. Now, since you you know you you do pretty good 
do you want to ever push in world record in another game? Do you foresee that for yourself, or are you kind of happy with the one? <clears throat> I might de facto have wraths <laughs> once it true, releases. True. Uh, and I, I feel like at that point, once you have a world record, I can't imagine not trying to defend it. But I feel like I would want. I, I've. I never really want to settle for not not like pushing myself, I guess. So if I ever got to the point where I was good enough in a game to approach the world record, then I would definitely try for it. I like that answer, actually. That, that makes sense. <clears throat> but yeah, that is all I have for you. Where can the people find you? Twitch.tv slash Parochial Joe. I also have a YouTube that we mentioned, Parochial Joe. And if you want to see my artwork, I've got my art website, MatthewMcIntyre.com. Which, of course, I'll link everything in, you know, YouTube description and Twitch chat, that fun stuff. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Thank you again for coming on, man. Yeah. Thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. I, I really like the it a lot. Uh, podcast. Well, thank you. Yeah. These are great to watch. But yeah, fuckers, be sure to check my man's out on all of his socials. Uh, his art is fucking sick. I, I meant to rip some, but just kind of, uh, you know, not being smart, I forgot. But yeah, look at this stuff, dude. You can kind of, you can tell a bit of the game influence into the artwork itself. And oh, oh, I mean, look at the level of detail. Yep, yep, we got a Master Chief. <laughs>